Sick of the fatigue and fog, fed up with the unpredictable flares, hangry from the super restrictive diets. Hello, and welcome to the Crunchy Allergist Podcast, a podcast empowering those who, like me, appreciate both a naturally-minded and scientifically-grounded approach to health and healing. Hi, I'm your host, Dr. Kara Wada, quadruple board-certified pediatric and adult allergy immunology and lifestyle medicine physician, Sjogren's patient, and life coach. My recipe for success combines anti-inflammatory lifestyle, trusting therapeutic relationships, modern medicine, and mindset to harness our body's ability to heal. Now, although I might be a physician, I'm not your physician, and this podcast is for educational purposes only. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us this week, and welcome to our new listeners. I am so excited today to welcome Dr. Amber Patterson to our episode today. Dr. Patterson is one of my friends and colleagues and mentors who I've known for many years. We will not say how many years, um, but we (laughs) met when I was an allergy fellow over at Nationwide Children's Hospital, and she was one of the allergists who's just a couple years ahead of me. Um, And she was doing some really groundbreaking research at the time on a type of immunotherapy called ILIT, which we're going to talk about today. And since that time, she has really worked to find a balance with being a mom and a physician and a cutting edge allergist and has a practice now in her hometown of Finley, Ohio, where she works both with Blanchard Valley, the local hospital system, and on this exciting venture called Allergy Unlimited, which we will link to in the show notes um, and talk about later as well. Um, But we are going to talk all about immunotherapy today and what, what that is. So welcome Dr. Patterson. Thank you. Thank you. Hello everybody. I am so excited to be here with you today and really excited to talk about immunotherapy, which I know you and I both love our passion. Yes. We totally nerd out about it. (laughs) Um, so maybe if you don't mind explaining to those of our listeners who are not allergist immunologists, what immunotherapy is. Sure. Immunotherapy is basically modifying the immune system in a positive way to benefit the patient. So when you have a problem like allergies, the immune system is not working quite right. So immunotherapy is our way of saying, okay, if you're allergic to dog dander and you love your dog, you don't want to get rid of your dog, but you feel miserable when you're around your dog, we have this amazing medical miracle called immunotherapy, where we can expose you to that exact allergen to dog dander over time. And depending on which type of immunotherapy, which we'll get into that later, um, depends on how often or how many treatments you need, but over time, your body gets used to that allergen and you get to a point where you don't have bothersome symptoms and you don't need medication in most cases, and you can enjoy living with your dog. That's kind of immunotherapy in a nutshell, which is pretty darn awesome. And when I think of patients asking me, you know, what, what are treatments that are natural? What are treatments that treat the root cause? Like this is it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that I think people are really, you know, shocked to hear is that this treatment has been around since before 
really any of our modern allergy meds have been around for um, well over a hundred years, which we're still working out some of the like exact how and why it does this work and um, refining some of the ways that we do it. Um, but mm-hmm. we've known for a long time that it works. Yeah. And that's really exciting in and of itself. I think it's really fun when you meet with older patients who maybe, you know, had immunotherapy 40 years ago as a kid and talking with them just about the history of how it's evolved and how the treatments have advanced. And they're always so happy and excited to know that now we, we have more data on what dose of each extract works well. And the people that manufacture these extracts can make them more potent and what schedules work best for making sure that not only do you have a safe, effective treatment, but one that's going to last for years after you stop treatment, because, you know, a hundred years ago, we thought you just had to do this forever. If you had allergies and now we know that you don't. So yeah, it's come a long way and it's been around a long time and it works, which is pretty, uh, I agree. Like I am fascinated by like seeing things over time and history. And I think one of the challenging things with immunotherapy in general is it does take a long time to study. Um, It's not necessarily the quickest um, science to study. And it really has taken that amount of time to work out some of the different kinks in, Mm -hmm. in the treatment, um, this treatment. So why don't we talk a little bit about kind of like run of the mill allergy immunotherapy, like as we were taught it kind of history. Yeah. So with traditional or conventional allergen immunotherapy, it's, we take exactly what you're allergic to mix it into a vial two or three, you know, depending on how many allergies you have depends on how much we can fit in each vial. And so, um, you may have multiple and you will get an injection out of a diluted vial, meaning we, we make it weaker initially so that you can tolerate it. Cause if we gave you the full strength right away, it might be dangerous. So we, um, dilute it down. So it's at a dose that you'll tolerate safely. And we give you an injection. And initially that's maybe once a week, we have various buildup schedules, but most allergists, it'll, you know, the traditional schedules once a week for six, 12 months or more. And gradually as you build yourself up, once you get to the full strength, then we space it out most times to about once a month. And that's kind of where you sit. You get an injection once a month, they take place in your allergist's office, or sometimes your primary care doctor's office. And you work through that three to five year course. Um, and then deciding when to stop is a decision between you and your allergist and they're that's probably a whole separate discussion, but right. <laughs> some people, you know, three years is all they need. Some need a couple more years. I'd say it's a small percentage rare that end up needing to go back on it after they stop and, and they continue it. Um, and there's probably a small percentage on the front end that it doesn't work all that well for them. We know that within a year and then we stop it. But the majority of people, three to five years of this routine maintenance treatment will get them feeling really well, few allergy symptoms, if any, and most of the time off of their maintenance medications. Which is, uh, I think always really just gratifying to have like the ability not to like, 
you know, I think there's this perception and we hear like very often that we're pill pushers and that, you know, we're just trying to like put people on medications and medications are a bandaid. And so to have this treatment option that really can help switch the immune response from fighting to ignoring, um, it's just really fun and exciting. And I think I'm also just feeling extra jazzed because I am around my fifth year of being an attending. And so I, we weren't going to talk about time frame, but those congratulations, that, by the way, <laughs> thank you. But it's like, it's those patients that really I've started on treatment early, you know, either as a fellow or early as an attending that have been seeing this benefit. And I'm starting to have those conversations with them. And I actually did yesterday and on Wednesday too, of like, okay, are we ready to stop? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is a really exciting time point because you're seeing the kind of the fruit of all your labors and they're seeing it too. Yeah. Um, I think another fun thing is every once in a while, I'll get somebody who maybe forgets how bad they were. And I love going back in the notes and saying, Oh, Hey, do you remember the first time you came and you told me that your eyelids puffed up so much you could barely see and your nose was so runny, you know, whatever. And that just seeing the look on their face, like, Oh my gosh, you're right. That doesn't happen anymore. And it's just gratifying on both sides to know that we're really helping people change their lives for the better. And with that being said, that's probably the number one thing I hear patients say after a course of immunotherapy, you have changed my life. Yeah. That's like, that's why I like life coaching too. Like it's yeah. the same kind of feeling of like making a huge momentous change and to help someone feel better and live their best life. Like mm-hmm. it's the same idea. And I guess one thing probably good to mention, we've been talking about immunotherapy's role in treatment of allergies, but it's actually approved to treat more than just kind of run of the mill allergies. So certainly can be helpful for your runny nose, itching, sneezing, Um, but also is approved and shown to be effective in treatment of, for some people, allergic eczema or allergic atopic dermatitis, um, in certain instances, um, asthma. And there's some data to say that it can help prevent the development of allergic asthma, especially if we're thinking about it in kids. Um, and we also will use it for venom or stinging insect allergies. So Mm -hmm. like bee stings, um, wasps, hornets, fire ants, all those sorts of things. So just kind of put yeah, that. That's a good it. clarification. And for anyone that's heard of OIT oral immunotherapy, yeah. that's usually used for food. And that's a totally separate thing from what we're talking about right now. Also really cool. And reminds me that I should invite one of our colleagues doing that on the podcast. So we can kind of talk through some of how that works and some of the yes. myths and misperceptions too. So that, what we were talking about were allergy shots, kind of what you maybe have had or have talked with um, friends or family or classmates growing up doing that. But something that Amber and I share that we offer in our practices is something called sublingual immunotherapy, sub meaning under, lingual meaning the tongue. And so these are treatments that go under the tongue. So maybe we can talk a little bit about how that differs. Yeah. So one of the things about allergy shots is that it does require a time commitment. So like I mentioned before, if you want to do allergy shots, you have to get them in a medical office setting. Um, 
you know, we talked about how immunotherapy has changed over the years and decades ago, sometimes people were allowed to do their shots at home, but for safety reasons over time, that's kind of been reined in and that's no longer recommended for most people. So, um, we definitely have patients that could benefit from immunotherapy or allergy shots, but they don't do it because they cannot commit to the time. They can't get into my office every week or they don't want to, they, they want to spend their time doing other things. So sublingual immunotherapy has an advantage in that after tolerating the first dose in our office, the patient can do it at home. And it's something that they do every day. So kind of like a daily medicine, but it's allergen extract. It's not medicine. So it's natural extracts and, um, similar time frame to allergy shots, right? Like three mm-hmm. to five years. Yeah. And it's just that gradual shift in the immune response over time. Yeah. And the other place where I've seen it, like be really helpful. I have quite a few patients who kind of like myself don't like needles. And mm-hmm. so if there is a lot of uh, needle phobia or anxiety, um, with coming into the office, like that's another way that, um, we can think about having kind of access to this treatment option without, um, without that, you know, that, that issue at play. Um, I think one of the things I expected to see though, when I looked at the science and kind of some of the research around sublingual immunotherapy was for many people, you know, coming into the office is a a barrier to care. And so this eliminates Mm -hmm. one of those barriers, but we also know it's hard sometimes for certain people to take something on a daily basis. So I thought for sure, like when I looked at the, the literature that there would be a lot like much better adherence or, you know, patients sticking with the program, um, with sublingual compared to shots, but it's actually pretty equal. <laughs> it is. Isn't that so is funny? Like funny. human nature and, is human nature. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think it just goes to show that like, you really need to personalize like this treatment to mm-hmm. like what works for each person, because, for some people having an appointment on the calendar is like, like sacred. And so for them, like that, that, you know, coming in for shots works and for other people, like they're really diligent about taking their daily antihistamine. So swapping that out or, you know, adding in drops and then taking away the tablet, like that's really easy for them too. Mm -hmm. Um, and so this is where like this idea of, personalization is really important. And, and also realizing that three to five year commitment is also really challenging. So that is something I think as allergists, we've been looking for, um, you know, the better mousetrap. When we think about sublingual, I think one of the other things that comes up in my discussions with patients is, you know, this is a treatment that in the, in the way that you and I are practicing it and talking about it is considered off label from the FDA. And so probably at least worth mentioning kind of about that and what, yeah. what that means. Yeah. Do you want to explain what that means? Or do sure. You- yeah. yeah. So, um, the FDA essentially, um, has approved allergy shots. And when allergy shots were researched and approved, it was kind of a different time frame for kind of how that approval was, was 
obtained. And um, essentially, there are a couple of types of sublingual immunotherapy that are tablet form that are FDA approved. It's really hard um, to make the case to the companies that make our extracts um, to go through the process of getting FDA approval for these liquid drops or these allergy drops um, because there's really no financial incentive for them to do it. Um, the only the only difference that may happen is from the consumer side um, or the patient side is they may see the potential for insurance coverage, but also maybe not because we're not seeing coverage for these FDA approved tablets mm-hmm. all that often either. So the tablets that are available, I'm kind of going a little bit all over the place, but the tablets that are available are available for grass pollen. Um, there's two products that are approved for that. And then there also is a product for ragweed, which is a fall-time allergen, um, and then dust mite, which is a year-round allergen. Um, Those are available by prescription, typically prescribed by an allergist, um, though maybe in some parts of the country by primary care docs or ENTs as well. And um, those tablets start off at, typically start off at the top dose, and you just stay at that same dose. In those studies, a lot of patients had a lot of like mouth itching, throat irritation, mild swelling in the mouth. And, and that was in two thirds to three quarters of patients. And so that does make it challenging to want to stick with the treatment regimen when you're having all of those side effects. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the advantages, I think we probably would say with our liquid formulation is that we're able to like with shots, dilute it down a little bit and do a little bit more of an escalation to minimize those side effects with starting off treatment. Sure. And make it more personalized. Like you said, you know, absolutely include one the person may tolerate pets. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. So I guess just to summarize, so the extracts yep. that we use for the slit drops is the same natural extracts that are FDA approved for being injected under the skin for allergy shots. It's just being put under the tongue and the dose is based off of hundreds, if not thousands of studies that have been done over the years in the U S in Europe, in Mexico. Um, Japan, there's a lot Japan. of data showing, did I leave something out? No, no, no. I just said Japan too. I know like they oh. like do a lot of stuff too. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. Asia. I mean, we're probably, there's probably every, every continent that has academic centers studying, um, yeah. it's been studied and shows that it works. So it's just like you said, the the companies that make them just don't want to go through the hoops to to approve them for putting it under the tongue, but yeah. it's still the same stuff. Yeah, because they already have it approved to go under the skin, and it doesn't it doesn't benefit them in any way, really, because we're still buying them to do it in this way without that approval. Sure. Yeah. Um, and for the patient, the difference is that you have the potential to have your allergy shots maybe partially or to some degree covered by insurance. The allergy drops as a rule are not covered, Mm -hmm. but the out-of-pocket costs for many of my patients are not really any different. 
That's what I've found as well, that when you look at what insurance is actually covering, um, unless you have some kind of golden insurance policy, that you're probably going to be paying about the same. Yeah. Um, okay. So this is a good segue into something that you are doing that I'm not doing that I am totally fangirling, um, which is called intralymphatic immunotherapy. So maybe you could kind of dive into that for us. Sure. So intralymphatic immunotherapy or ILIT, I-L-I-T is the newest form of allergen immunotherapy available. And similar to the slit drops, it uses off-label of the FDA-approved extracts. And with this method of immunotherapy, we uh, drastically reduce treatment time. So we take the allergens that we're treating, we are able to use a much lower dose than the maintenance dose of the other forms of allergen immunotherapy. And we inject this directly into a superficial lymph node with ultrasound guidance. So in essence, we're taking the extract that with traditional allergy shots would be put under your skin. And then your immune cells would transport that to the closest lymph nodes Um, or with slit, you know, we're putting it under the tongue and your body's transporting that to the lymph node. We're just handing it to those cells in the lymph node on a silver platter with a bow on top and they can do what they need to do. (laughs) And so we're also bypassing a big part of the immune system that can cause a serious allergic reaction. So, uh, because we're, we're administering this directly in the lymph node, we are able to do three injections, each one, four weeks apart. So one injection, four weeks later, another four weeks later, another, so over eight weeks, we can do a complete treatment that in essence gets you similar efficacy based on studies that have been done to a full course of traditional allergy shots. I.e. that three to five years. Yes. So it takes three to five years down to eight weeks. Mind blown. Yes. And gets rid of pretty much gets rid of the risk of anaphylaxis, which is our biggest worry with allergy shots. Little less worry. Well, quite a bit less worry with sublingual too. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, definitely decreases that risk. So it's, it's so cool when you think about options for patients, you know, we talked about the skit subcutaneous or the traditional allergy shots, the sublingual drops, and then now eyelet. It's like, there's something for everybody, you know, like you take the pros of one thing and it helps counteract the cons of the other. Um, you know, with eyelet, it's the people that really value time that's for them. Um, if you don't like needles slits for you, if you're more of a traditionalist and you've got great insurance, maybe you're doing the traditional allergy shots, but it gives people options to help them get better. And in the case of islet to get better faster, because we know that once you complete that full eight week course within three months, you're going to start feeling better. So it's very exciting times for people with allergies. Yes. And so I think people might get a little bit like nervous when they hear about ultrasound lymph node. Like I think, Mm -hmm. you know, probably what comes to mind is thinking, you know, some of these 
like, I think usually when you hear or talk about lymph nodes, it's like the idea of like a biopsy, you know, or those sorts of things, but mm-hmm. can you explain kind of like what that actually looks like? Cause it's, it's really like, not, not that, not as big of a deal as people would, I think be imagining. Yeah. So we have lymph nodes all throughout our body, but there's one place that they're really, well, there are probably two places that they're close to the surface, but the easiest to get to, um, is in the inguinal region. And I like to describe that as the top of the leg or this, the bottom of the hip, (laughs) um, it's in the groin region, but it's super easy to get to most people that are undergoing this procedure. If they come into the office in shorts, they can just kind of hike up their shorts on one side. Of course you're in a private room and you're, you're covered, but it's not like anything that out of the ordinary really. Um, and it's, and I will say like what it's just under the skin. It's like, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, it's, you can, a lot of times you can even feel it. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's just there. Um, and well, I was going to say something about pain, but before I do that, I just wanted to mention when, when I was first developing the clinical trial protocol, that was one of the questions just of the people I was bouncing ideas off of. They were like, who's going to want you to go in the groin area? Like that sounds weird, but like <laughs> you said, it's actually, it's not, it's not that bad. No. And in that study, um, and we treated pediatric patients, we treated adult patients in that study. And, uh, everybody that signed up for the study, like that wasn't even an issue for them or a question. So, so yeah, there's that, but regarding pain. Yeah. So or lack thereof. of the, what or lack thereof, lack thereof. Yes. Yeah. So in, in the Sentinel islet study done by Thomas Kundig and his crew, um, in Switzerland, that was part of the study was looking at pain of an intralymphatic injection compared to an IV stick. So if you had to get labs drawn or something and the intralymphatic injection was virtually painless. And when you think about it, it's a small needle going just through the skin, which is where the nerves are. But once you're through the skin, you don't really feel anything. There aren't nerves in the lymph node. So it's just through the skin, boom, and virtually painless for most people. So that's really exciting. Um, sometimes with traditional allergy shots, like the actual shot itself is similar. It doesn't really hurt much at all, but because sometimes we're administering a larger volume and it's right there, sometimes that gets a little stretching and little discomfort, which we can easily manage, but comparatively, um, the lymph node injection is not very painful at all, if any. Do, and this is something that I not practicing it. Do patients sometimes get like a little swelling of that lymph node? Like you would with like a cold, you know, or sometimes you feel a little like lump or bump or not really. So it's more just the volume that you're injecting. So, um, I've had patients describe it as I just feel the pressure that, you know, you, you pushed when you push that in, I could feel it kind of expanding a little bit of pressure, but not really. Um, and sometimes you'll get just a little tiny, like mosquito bite on the skin above it, but you don't tend to get the large local reactions that some of our shot patients get. And how about like in the days or weeks following, like between those injections, people just kind of do their thing. Yeah. 
Yep. Um, usually if there is any, like most of the time there's nothing like after the injection, they don't feel anything. You don't see anything. And if there is usually within 24 at most 48 hours, that's all resolved. So they just go on about their business. It doesn't like affect their ability to walk or do anything. Do you have any, I like idea about like, I know that this treatment is not widely available yet, but any ideas on like how people may like look to find someone like, of course we want to send people your way, but maybe coming to Ohio isn't like feasible. Do you have your, your finger on the pulse? (laughs) Yeah. So we're actually in the process of setting up a network of allergists who are like-minded and want to be able to offer this to their patients. So my goal is to then be able to have those docs on our website. So if you go to allergyunlimited.com, um, right now it's not there, but we're working on it actively. And hopefully there will then be a page where you can find other providers that are offering this. Awesome. And that kind of have that knowledge base and kind of that to know Exactly. That they've been properly trained and they know how to do it and they know how to dose it. And mm -hmm. okay. So for now, Mark, you're to Ohio. Yes. (laughs) That sounds good. And, um, from what you've told me, Finley is an awesome place to visit and to live. So it would be wonderful. And it's only three visits, three. Exactly. And we have people that fly in or drive in from all over the place and that's exactly what they say. They're like, you know what? It's only three visits. I want to feel better fast and let's you do just it. Make it happen. Yep. Yeah. So we've kind of mentioned, but your website is allergyunlimited.com. So that's where people can go kind of check out. What I really appreciate is it's so transparent. Like, Thank I mean, you. that's a really nice thing, I think, about as we think about different models of care. Um, and in trying to design like a better system, because we know obviously the medical system is, is far from perfect. Um, but, and, and I don't know exactly what that answer is, but I think transparency is really something that we all crave on all sides of the issue. And, I know in my day-to-day practice and in dealing with insurance, it is the, it's as clear as mud. Mm -hmm. So that I think is one um, advantage, you know, if you are thinking about um, embarking on some of, you know, these treatments that are considered off-label or not covered by insurance, like then one of the nice trade-offs is that there is increased transparency. So, you know, what you're going to do you know, right from the the get-go what the cost is going to be. And I, I kind of think of it like dental braces, you know, like so many people are used to just paying for dental braces if they don't have dental insurance, or if, you know, if you're over 18 and you want dental braces, usually they're not covered by insurance and it's just a part of our culture. And a lot of people want to do it. So they just figure out how to make it happen. And this is kind of the same thing. So from the beginning, I wanted to make sure that that pricing was very transparent so that people can make up their own minds and there's no like hidden surprises. That's just the cost is the cost. Yep. And, um, overall 
I would have to say just thinking about what we charge for sublingual and or what I hear patients like having to pay out of pocket for shots over the course of three to five years, it's gotta be equal, if not less expensive. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think in a lot of cases, that's, that's true. Including gas and time. <laughs> yes. Time is yeah. the big one. What yeah. are you worth? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Oh, this is so exciting. Um, I need you to teach me all of your ways. Um, and, um, I'm just really excited to see, see this growth too, from like knowing you when you were doing kind of that really, you were the first person to study this in pediatrics in the world. Um, so I probably should have included that in your introduction, like, um, And like to see this now coming to market and being able to offer it widely is just super inspiring and incredible. And it really is a huge game changer in what we've seen in immunotherapy. And so I am, like I said, I'm totally fangirling. Um, um, so everyone should go check out allergyunlimited.com. Check out what Dr. Patterson is doing. Um, you can find all the information there to schedule. If someone wanted to schedule an appointment with you, correct. Mm -hmm. And do you do virtual consultations? I'm trying to remember how that was working. So yeah. Um, like if someone were out of state, right. So how it typically works, um, you do have to end up coming for the procedure. So, um, one of our staff members will get on the phone to do Cool. Just uh, like, okay, what are all the logistics here? What are we going to need? Yeah. Gather any documents. And that way your trip here is fruitful. And then in the office, we can do the consultation and review the labs and um, do any you know specific testing if we need to repeat anything and then do the first treatment that same day. Awesome. Yeah. Super in Ohio, cool. we could definitely do a virtual as a first That's thing. I'm kind of curious, like right. I know stuff, every, everything's kind of been... Yeah. Very rapidly changing in our COVID times. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's super cool. Um, and just really makes it um, that personalized, super easy experience for the patient. That's what we're trying to do. Awesome. Easy allergy relief. Yay. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Patterson. We will have to um, talk again soon. And um, Thank you everyone for joining us today and look forward to talking with you again next week. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Crunchy Allergist podcast with me, your host, Dr. Kara Wada, and our guest this week, Dr. Amber Patterson. We hope you enjoyed our deep dive into allergy immunotherapy. If you're keen to learn more about how to manage your misbehaving immune system with a naturally minded and scientifically grounded approach, you can head over to crunchyallergist.com to sign up on our email newsletter list, as well as check out the links and resources in the show notes. That's all for this episode, folks. See you this time again next week. Take care.